Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called The Buried Moon, adapted by Daniel Hines from the old English fairy tale collected by folklorist Joseph Jacobs. This story takes place in a dark forest with bugs and bogles and grindylows, and some of our younger listeners might think it's a little spooky. So maybe if you're not sure, a grown-up should listen first. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Avanan and Gwenin and their family, Gabriel, Forrest, and Arlo and their family, Augie and Liana and their families, and Kaylin and her family. Thank you so much, Kaylin, Liana, Augie, Arlo, Forrest, Gabriel, Gwenin, and Avanan. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and receive a thank you in a future episode, please head to patreon.com stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and let us know who to thank. For as little as $1 per month, our Patreon subscribers also gain access to a special commercial-free feed with all of our past episodes on it. The feed works with any podcast player, and you can email us if you need help setting it up. Stories Podcast is brought to you by Chase. All my real estate friends say the same thing. The last few years have been a seller's market. So how does someone like me looking to buy their first home stand out and get taken seriously? Chase's closing guarantee is one way to give you the edge you need. As a Chase customer, you're guaranteed to close quickly or you get $1,000. So you can show homeowners you're serious about buying without the personal letter, or gift basket, or skywriting it over their house. Get in your first home even faster with Chase. Learn more at chase.com slash stories. Chase, make more of what's yours. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., an equal housing lender. Summer is finally here. It's time for beach days and barbecues, family vacations, and quality time with the ones you love. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a whole day getting my hair colored at the salon when I could be outside playing frisbee with my dog, but I also don't want to take a chance on a box kit from the drugstore. Now there's another option, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world, and Amy Errett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Madison Reed offers gorgeous, professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. What makes their color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm to create over 45 gorgeous, multi-tonal shades. Clients agree. With Madison Reed, you get gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking, fresh-from-the-salon hair. But you can do it yourself at home. Get an expert color consultation or take the color quiz at madison-reed.com. And right now, Stories Podcast listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code STORIES. That's code STORIES for 10% off your first color kit plus free shipping. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! The Buried Moon Long ago, in a forgotten corner of England where the old magic lingered, there was a haunted moor known as the Carland. 
On and on it stretched for miles untold. It was swampy. It was boggy. It smelled like stagnant water and food gone bad. Nothing grew there save for rotting moss and ashy mushrooms and spindly trees with long, grasping branches. Nothing lived there save for bugs and bogles and grindylo, all of them monsters. There was but one safe path through the boggy carland, and it wound back and forth like a raised brown ribbon. Elsewhere, the ground seemed solid, but at the slightest step it would ooze a black, brackish water. The foot of the unwary traveler would be sucked down and down until the cold, shackle-tight hands of the Grindylow closed about their ankles. Then came the bogles, shambling little goblins, all mottled green and black. They would dance and cackle and keep their prisoners forever in the moor. Of course, like all monsters, they only came when it was dark. During the day, travelers would hurry quickly through the carland. They still had to take care to stay on the path, but it was easy enough to follow in the light of day. Particularly brave travelers would even cross by the light of a full moon. Dangerously brave travelers would even cross by the light of a quarter moon, the bogles and grindylow lurking in every shadow. None dared to cross in pitch black. In time, for reasons known only to her, the moon took notice of the trouble in the carland. Her silver eyes wept silver tears when she heard about the monsters in the moor. Of course, since they fled from her light, she had never seen them for herself. That, she decided, needed to change. She had to visit the carland and see for herself. So, one night, when the month was ending and her time to rest was near, the moon slipped into her magic cloak. It was stitched from an empty patch of night sky, all inky black and soft as breath, and it allowed her to walk with us on earth. It even had a hood, which the moon pulled up to cover her head. Even on earth, her silver hair glowed bright and true. Once cloaked and covered, it was time to go. With a twinkle, the moon appeared in the midst of the carland. It was a night of utter darkness, not a light to be seen but the little bits of moonlight peeking out from beneath her cloak. The moon walked gingerly through the moor, her steps as weightless as her light. Still, from the cracks and cricks and crooks, the monsters came. With ugly, gurgling splashes, the Grindylow slipped into the waters around the moon. With scratchy, raw throat titters, the bogles fell in behind her. The moon heard them coming, felt them drawing near. She reached up to lift her hood, to let the light of her hair drive away the creatures. But just then, the edge of her little toe missed the path and dipped into the water. That was all it took. At once, the long, slender fingers of the Grindylow wound about her silver ankles. Bogles grabbed her arms and wrestled them down. The moon, for the first time ever, felt fear in her heart. Hello? Hello? Is anyone out there? It was a man. A crazy man, alone in the carland, nothing but a candle stub to light his way. As the moon fought to get free, her hood shook from side to side, the light of her hair flashing out wildly. I see your light. I'm coming, cried the man. 
He turned from the path and ran towards the moon and the monsters. The moon tried to call out to him, to tell him to stay away, but when she opened her mouth, the black, brackish water came flooding in. She heard the splash of the man falling into the water, the slick, wet sound of the Grindylow going after him, the gravelly chuckle of the bogles as they pushed her down and down into the dark of the bog. She had to warn him. With the last of her strength, the moon burst free from the bogles and pulled back her hood. The silvery light of her hair filled the carland, and the Grindylow shrank and shriveled away from the man. He climbed, sputtering back into the path, and then began to run, the brilliant glow of the moon guiding his way. The monsters pulled back from the moon as well, but only the ones on the surface. Beneath the stinking water, the Grindylow had snared her feet in a bundle of gnarled roots and were pulling her deeper and deeper. It wasn't long before her silvery hair vanished in a halo of inky ripples. The moon didn't need to breathe, so once underwater, they tied her up with woven, snake-like branches. The bogles rolled a giant stone into the moor to mark her place, and they summoned a dancing flame known as the Will-o'-the-Wisp to guard her. They knew that as long as she was imprisoned, the night was theirs to do as they wished. And so the moon waited, buried deep beneath the moor. At first, no one noticed. The moon disappeared every month, after all. But slowly, as the days passed, people realized that something was wrong. Where is the moon? Every night was dark as the waters of the moor. The bogles and Grindylow and monsters began to spread, ranging farther and farther from the carland. Soon it was all anyone could speak of. At every market, where is the moon? At every inn, where is the moon? At every tavern, where is the moon? Until one night, at one of those taverns, in a little town just outside the Carland, the question was answered. I know where the moon is, yelled out a man. He stood up so fast his drink spilled to the floor, but he was too excited to notice. You see, it was the traveler from the moor, the one who had been saved by the moon that night. I've only just realized what happened, he said, and told everyone the story of losing the path and being saved by the silvery glow. Everyone knew the Carland was home to strange magic, so they had no trouble believing his story. We must rescue the moon, someone said. To the wise woman, she'll know what to do cried someone else. The wise woman was the local expert on magic and monsters. Some said she had been born in the Carland and raised among the rotting trees. Others said she was a woods witch who had only ever practiced good magic. In truth, no one knew where she came from. But she had proven her wisdom time and time again. Before long, most of the town was gathered in front of her home. They called for her advice on how best to save the moon. The wise woman raised her hands for silence and then spoke in an ancient, trembling voice thick with power. It's dark magic you face and strong magic you'll need. Go all of you together, but listen carefully. Each of you must place a pebble in your mouth and hold a twig of hazel in your hands. Don't speak until you're safely home. 
How will we find the moon? called the traveller. But I don't know that I can remember where I saw her. Walk far and fearless until you find a candle, a coffin and a cross. There, you'll find the moon. So, the very next night, led by the traveller, a group of the townsfolk ventured out into the carland. Each had a pebble in their mouths and a hazel twig held tightly in their hands. So even though it was dark and the monsters scuttled nearby, the path was clear beneath their feet. Deeper and deeper into the moor they walked. The long, chill fingers of Grindylow would brush their ankles. The tittering laugh of the bogles filled their ears, but they walked far and fearless. And finally, in the distance, they saw the bobbing light of a candle. They almost cried out in excitement, but remembered at the last moment the wise woman's words. Silent, they rushed towards the light, only to find not a candle, but a will-o'-the-wisp. At the sight of the hazel twigs, the creature fled, but it didn't matter. They had found what they were looking for. There, beside the path, was a large stone shaped like a coffin. From the top, sprouting like a tree, was a cross of gnarled wood. The townsfolk cheered silently and bent to move the giant rock. Bogles and Grindylow reached out from the shadows to stop them, but none dared to do more. Whatever magic was in the wise woman's pebble and hazel, it was too strong for the monsters to overcome. They did, however, screech and howl and rage when the giant stone finally rolled over with a splash, sending up a plume of reeking water and revealing the full glow of the moon's silvery hair, floating like stardust in the murky pool. The rest of the moon couldn't be seen through the stagnant swamp, but the townsfolk knew she must be under there. They looked at each other, unsure of what to do next until the traveler drew his belt knife and dove into the moor, swimming down towards the floating hare. He had remembered how the moon had saved him, and he was glad for the chance to do the same. Grasping blindly in the dark water, he found the roots that bound her and cut at them with his knife, hacking and tearing until he needed to surface and take a breath. What happened? Is she free? The townsfolk asked as they pulled him from the water. Then there was a light. It was so big and so bright it seemed to fill the world. It chased away the bogles and drove out the Grindylow and illuminated cracks and cricks and crooks that had never known the kiss of moonlight. The traveler and townsfolk saw or seemed to see a glimpse of a face, serene and loving, but it was too bright to look at for more than a moment. Brighter still it grew until they all had to shut their eyes, and then it was gone and the carland was still once more. But when they rubbed the light from their eyes and blinked away the spots, there, hanging high above them in the sky, was the moon in all her glory. And there she shines still, keeping us safe from the bogles and grindylow and all manner of monsters, smiling down and lighting our way back home. The End Today's story, The Buried Moon, was adapted by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and receive a thank you in a future episode, please head to patreon.com stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and let us know who to thank. 
Thanks for listening.